Thank you for joining us for today's Practical Living broadcast, and I pray that through this message that you will learn how to apply God's Word and truths to any situation in your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. We are wrapping up a series of messages we've been involved in for the last number of weeks. We took a little break with, of course, James Brown being with us and then Nick Voyagech being with us as well. But today is our eighth installment in this series. If you've missed any of the messages, I would really encourage you to go back to our online archives and pick up any messages that you've missed as a part of this eight-week series together, and we're wrapping it up today. Just a quick announcement about next week. It's July the fourth weekend. I feel like God has given me a special message uh, for us together next week, so don't miss that message. And then in the month of July, starting the second week of July, we start our summer series together uh, about the God of promises. We're going to talk about eight different names of God, the power of God's name and the promise that comes to us through the aspects of the names of God. And I assure you, it's going to be very inspirational and encouraging to your life. Today, I want to talk to you about the payoff of friendships. Why should you and I invest ourselves in relationships as we've been talking about over these weeks together? Why should you give your best efforts to the friendships and relationships of your life? I want to share with you today five things that will help you, I believe, understand the value and the payoffs or the dividends that come into your life by having true, real friendships. The first thing I want to remind you of is the Bible teaches us very clearly that true friendships are a rare treasure in your life. You know, when we use that phrase rare and treasure together, it's very powerful. A treasure is something that is highly valued in your life. There are things that you treasure. And there are certain treasures that are rare, that are they're hard to come by. And friendships is not only a treasure, a friendship, a true friendship, and a true friend is a rare treasure. They are hard to find. In fact, it's been said that a true friend is someone who walks into your life when everybody else walks out of your life. And how true that is for each one of us to realize that friends are really indeed a rare treasure. And the Bible is very clear about this. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 24 says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Obviously the greatest friend of all. We sang about friendship with Jesus today. He is the friend that sticks closer than a brother, but, but God also gives us human beings, human friendships that stick close to us as well. They are a rare treasure. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves not just when it's convenient, not just when you're doing well, but a friend loves when? At all times. And a brother is born not for prosperity, but for adversity. How do you know who your true friends are? You know who your true friends are not when you're prospering. If you've got a lot of money in your pocket, things are going well, it's amazing how many people can show up at your house. How many people want to be your friend when everything's going well, but when life turns in a different direction, you will know who your true friends are. A brother or a sister, a true friend, is born for a time not just of prosperity, but for a time of adversity. Proverbs 20 verse 6 says, many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find. Can we find people that will be faithful and when we do to recognize that these folks are a rare treasure in our lives? When it comes to friendships, I do believe that it's important for us to continue throughout our lives to try to expand our friendships, to build as many friendships as possible. But I would also caution you to remember that you should never confuse the width of friendships with the depth of friendships. 
Let me say that again. You should never confuse the width of friendships, having lots of, quote, friends, with having deep friendships in your life. Because the friendships that most affect you are not how many friends you have, but the depths of relationships that you have in your life. And your greatest friendships come from having deeper relationships. I'm so thankful for some amazing people that I have long-term relationships with in my life. They're deep friendships. And you may not have lots of them in your life, and that's okay. But you do need a few really close friends that you value and that you appreciate because true friendships are a rare treasure. Never take them for granted. And I would encourage you today, when was the last time that you expressed your appreciation, your love, your, your deep thankfulness and gratitude to those folks who are true friends in your life? If you haven't done so recently, I would encourage you that when you go home today to maybe pick up the phone and give a phone call to that dear friend of yours or to text them and say, I just want you to know that I deeply appreciate the friendship that we have. Thank you for being with me, not just in the moments of prosperity, but thank you for being with me in the moments of adversity. I realize that you are a rare treasure in my life. The second lesson today. What are the payoffs of friendships? We must understand that true friendships actually propel us forward with life. Relationships will always have two potential impacts on your life. You'll also have two potential impacts on other people in their lives. You'll either hold someone back or you'll propel them forward. And your friends will either hold you back or they will propel you forward. It's always going to have... See, friendships are never neutral. Friendships will either hold you back or friendships will propel you forward. As I was thinking about this in preparation for this message a few weeks ago, I was thinking about some biblical examples of people that propelled others forward in their relationship because they were friends. Let me tell you about one story that you're familiar with. This is a story of King David. King David was the second king of Israel. First king of Israel was Saul. Saul had a son by the name of Jonathan, who was the heir apparent to the throne. Obviously, Jonathan was the prince that was going to take over and become the king of Israel when Saul died. But Jonathan realized that the anointing for kingship was on David, not on himself. And so Jonathan became a friend to David, and Jonathan actually protected David when his very own father wanted to kill him. And the friendship that Jonathan shared with David and David with Jonathan propelled David into his kingship. David would have never been king had it not been for the hand of Jonathan in his life. He was a friend that propelled him forward. Dear ones, understand today that in your life, your friends will take you to your destiny. And David's friend Jonathan took him to his destiny in his life. Let me tell you about another story. It's a story of two prophets, Elijah and Elisha. Elijah comes first, and Elijah was an amazing man of God, and Elisha becomes the servant of Elijah. As it comes time for Elijah's life to be over, he knows he's going to be taken up into heaven, and Elisha is desiring the anointing of God upon his life that Elijah, actually, he wants a double portion anointing of what Elijah had in his life. And so as Elijah is getting ready to depart from this world and go into heaven, Elisha makes the decision to stay as close to him as possible. 
And every time that Elijah, you can read about this in 2 Kings chapter 2, every time Elijah tried to encourage Elisha to move on with his life, Elijah said, no, I'm not leaving you. I'm staying right beside you. And he was there when Elijah was taken up into heaven. And there came the anointing or the mantle of blessing upon Elisha. And he began to do double the miracles that Elijah did because he maintained the right relationship in his life. Please understand that your friends will propel you forward with your life if you choose the right friends. Paul speaks of this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 33 says, do not be misled. What does it mean to be misled? That you end up in the wrong direction. You end up in the wrong place. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Now let me flip that around for you. Good company promotes good character. If bad company promotes bad character, then good company promotes good character in your life. True friendships are very important because they propel you forward and they take you to your God-designed destiny. Here's the third thing today. Why are friendships and relationships important in our lives? Because true friendships sustain and strengthen us. Life is a journey. Journeys have to be sustained. You have to keep going on a journey. See, a journey is getting somewhere, but there's a process in getting there. And this journey called life has ups and downs. This journey called life has joys and sorrows. This journey called life has moments when there are unexpected blessings. And this journey called life has times when there are unexpected disappointments that will come your way. You're going to have some successes in your life, and you're also going to have some failures. Life is not a straight trajectory. You're going to have the ups and downs, the bumps and bruises that go along with life, and you need to be sustained. And foundationally, we need the Lord to sustain us. He needs to be your first and foremost friend. Because only God can get you through the most challenging moments of life. The psalmist David understood the value of his friendship with God. When he writes these words in Psalm 3, verse 5, 5, I lie down and sleep, I wake again, because who sustains me? The Lord sustains me. Psalm 54, verse 4, surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who does what? Who sustains me. He writes to the Philippians, or Paul writes to the Philippian believers in Philippians 4, 19. And my God, my God, he knew God in a very personal way. My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. If you haven't learned this yet, please be reminded today that there are going to be times in life when people either cannot or will not be there to help you. There are going to be times in life when people are going to disappoint you. They're going to let you down. And that's why you need God to sustain you. Today is the 25th of June, 2023. 37, almost 37 years ago to the date, June 28, 1986, my wife and I, along with our two little daughters at, the, at that time, moved to Gaithersburg, Maryland. We arrived in Gaithersburg, Maryland on the 28th of June, 1986. Well, the calling of God in our lives to plant a church. We did not know a single soul in Montgomery County, Maryland. We knew no one in this area at all, but we knew that God had called us here to plant a church. 
And so, obviously, we arrived with, with a lot of fears and a lot of concerns, and certainly I had a lot of questions about how is this going to work, and will a church ever get started, will anyone even come, and where are we going to meet, and all those questions, but I knew that God had called us, to the best of my understanding, I knew that God had called us to start this church called Church of the Redeemer, and, and I had this passion and calling in my heart, but I didn't know how it was going to work out, but now I'm looking back 36, 37 years later, and I can look back and say, the Lord has sustained us for 37 years, okay? And we're here today because of the sustenance of God, because God sustains. And what I want you to know is it's not just a story for me, it's a story for you also. You are here today because God has sustained you. You would not be here today if it were not for the sustaining power of God when people walked out of your life and when people disappointed you and when other people rejected you perhaps in your journey. God says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I will be the God that carries you through. I will sustain you. You need the friendship of God in your life. If you don't have a friendship with God, you need to start that friendship with God today. You need, a, you need God as being your sustainer. But God also uses people to sustain us. And sometimes his sustenance comes through people. Precious and wonderful people that he places in our lives. Let me quickly share with you a story that we find in the book of Exodus. So you'll understand a little bit about the sustaining power of God at work in someone's life by the name of Moses. I think all of us would agree that Moses was a very powerful man. He had an amazing relationship with God. God was his friend. This is the guy that goes on the top of Mount Sinai and receives two tablets inscribed by the very finger of God. And here is Moses who has this amazing encounter with God, but he still needed people in his life. As the children of Israel came out of Egyptian slavery after 400 years, they crossed over the Red Sea or through the Red Sea miraculously, and they started their journey toward Mount Sinai and ultimately heading toward the Promised Land. But on their way to Mount Sinai, something happened. They came under attack. They were attacked by a group of people called the Amalekites. Notice what it says in Exodus 17, verse 8. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. So they've just come out of Egypt. They had this miraculous moment. They're on their way to Mount Sinai, and the Bible says they're attacked by the Amalekites in this moment. Now, notice what happens in the story. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. And so we see now that here's this battle going on. Here are the Amalekites attacking the Israelites, and Moses says, Joshua, you go down in, in the valley, and you fight the battle. I'm going up to the mountaintop to pray. And Aaron and Hur went to the mountaintop with him as the priest of God. So that here we see the picture. Joshua's on the battlefield. Moses is on the top of the mountain. And Aaron and Hur, priest, are there with him. Take a look now with me at verse 11. As long as Moses held up his hands, what happened? The Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. And so here's Moses on the top of the mountain. Joshua's in the valley fighting the battle. And Moses has his hands lifted to God, symbolizing his intercession, his prayer. And as long as Moses had his hands up, what happened on the battlefield? Joshua was victorious. The Israelites are winning. 
And as soon as Moses put his hands down, the battle turned to the opposite direction. The Amalekites started to win. So would you agree Moses' hands being up, very important, right? Okay, very important. Now let's see what happens next. Verse 12. When Moses' hands grew, what's the next word there? Tired. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So as this battle is continuing, Moses has his hands up. But if you ever tried, just think about holding your hands up. If I even asked you to do it for five minutes, it would be difficult, right? Okay. So Moses grows tired, and every time he grows tired, what happens to his hands? They come down, and the battle turns in the other direction. And so Aaron and Hur make a decision. We've got to help him. We've got to be there to assist him. We, he needs our sustenance. He's tired. And so they get a rock for him to sit on, and Aaron gets on one side, and Hur gets on the other, and they come under the arms of Moses, and they hold his arms up, and, of course, the victory is won. That's what the next verse tells us. In fact, it says in verse, verse number 13, So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Here's what I want you to see. That victory would not have been possible had it not been for Joshua on the battlefield, Moses on the mountaintop, and Aaron and Hur providing the sustenance needed for Moses to sustain the victory, right? And that's why friendships are important in life, because you need people that can hold your arms up in times of difficulty, and you need to be a person that can hold other people's arms up in times of difficulty in their lives. Why? Because victory depends upon it. Are you hearing me? Okay. Victory often depends upon who's holding your arms up and whose arms you're holding up in life. And so that role is extremely important, and God sustained Moses through people. There's another story I want to tell you about very quickly. It's the story of Ruth. Now, there's some characters that you need to understand in the story of Ruth. Uh, Ruth was, a, was a, uh, an Israelite lady who married an Israelite man, and they experienced some famine in Israel, so they decided to move to a place called Moab. And so they moved out to Moab to take care of their family and raise their sons there. They had two sons, and their two sons married two Moabite daughters. The two daughters were Orpah, and Ruth, not Oprah, but Orpah, okay? Orpah, Orpah, and Ruth, okay? And these were the two daughters that married, the daughters-in-law that married the sons of, of, of Naomi and her husband, okay? So Naomi, Naomi's husband died, and after 10 years, the, her two sons died as well. And so she's left as a, as a widow, and her two daughters-in-law have, have no husbands either. So there are three ladies left in Moab. Naomi is the Israelite. And so Naomi says, you know what? I'm going back to Israel again. I'm not going to stay here in Moab. I'm going to go back to the land of my family where, where my God is worshipped. And so she looks at Orpah, daughter-in-law, and Ruth, a daughter-in-law, says, you guys stay here. This is your homeland. You stay here. I'm going back to Israel. Now, Orpah said, okay, I'm going to stay here, and she stayed in Moab. Let's pick up the story. I'm taking you somewhere with this. In verse 15 of Ruth chapter 1, it says, look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to the people and her God. So now Naomi is speaking to Ruth. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, here's what I want you to see. Ruth replied, she's talking to Naomi now. 
Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Let's stop there for a moment. So here's the story. Naomi says, hey, Ruth, Orpah's gone back to Moab to live there with her family. I'm going to Israel. Why don't you stay where she's staying? And Ruth says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going where you go. Where you go, I go. Where you live, I live. Where you die, I die. You can't separate me from you. I'm hanging with you. I am your friend. Can you imagine how encouraging it must have been to Naomi to have Ruth that committed to her? And of course, we know the story that they go back to Israel. And ultimately, if you read the book of Ruth, it's an amazing story because Ruth is introduced to a man by the name of Boaz and marries Boaz. And then they give birth to a son by the name of Obed. And Obed gives birth and his family gives birth to a young man by the name of Jesse. Jesse grows up and gets married and gives birth to a man by the name of David. And so we find that Ruth, because she made the right decision to hang out with the right people, ends up in the living of Jesus Christ, our Savior, the Lion of David. Amen. You never know. See, who you hang out with makes a difference in your life, okay? Who you connect yourself with makes a difference in your life. As I mentioned a moment ago, it propels you forward or it leads you backward. It sustains you. It strengthens you. Both of these stories illustrate this point. Let's go to the fourth lesson today out of these five that we're looking at. The fourth lesson, the payoffs of friendships, is that true friendships are increasingly important as we come closer to Jesus' return. It's important to recognize that our world is heading toward an ultimate final day. The world as we know it will not exist forever. Jesus Christ will return one day. This is not hope. It's not just a possibility. It's a reality. It's going to happen. Let me say that again. Jesus Christ will return to this earth one day. There will be a final day. What you see in this world around you is not going to last forever. You need to be aware of that reality. And the closer that we get to the final day, the darker the world will become. Do you understand that? The closer that we get to the day of Jesus returning, the darker the world will become, the greater pressure there will be upon you as a believer to depart from your faith or to compromise your faith. The world is growing darker and darker even as we speak today. All you need to do is look at the news. Okay. The incredibly wicked stuff that happens in our world today is just an indication that we're moving toward the final days. The craziness of our world today is, in, is, is indicative of the fact that we're moving toward the last days, rapidly moving toward that final day. And there's going to be more and more pressure on you. It's not going to become easier to be a Christian. It's going to be harder to be a Christian. Are you hearing me today? I hope you're hearing me. It's not going to, you can't just play around with your Christianity. You've got to make a decision. Either I'm in or I'm not, okay? Either I'm committed to God or I'm not committed to Him. Because I will tell you, you're not going to make it without some firmness of your faith established inside. You need to understand that we're moving into the last days. And Paul the Apostle says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. 
I don't say this, and Paul didn't write this to scare anyone. He writes it to sober us, to make us dive into our faith much deeper than ever before. In fact, he goes on in that same chapter in verse number 12 and 13 and says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted while evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. So Paul says this is terrible terrible times in the last days. So let me ask you a question. How, how, do, we, how do we remain firm in our faith? How do we remain, remain strong in our faith? How do we handle these last days that we're living in, these dark days? There's one key thing that will help you get through them, and that's called fellowship. Say it with me. Fellowship. Come on, say it with me. Fellowship. fellowship. Fellowship with God, relationship with God, and fellowship with one another. We need God, as I mentioned a moment ago. And we need to maintain our fellowship and relationship with Him. And we need one another. The Bible is very clear that friends are, are extremely important in sustaining you in the last days. Godly friends. Look at what Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 says. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the... What day is he talking about? The final day, as you see the day approaching. Let me read this from the New Living Translation. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near you need true godly friends now more than ever and you need to be a good godly friend to other people now more than ever why because the day of his appearing is approaching here's our last point today True friends are identifiable. You can spot a true friend by their attitudes and by their actions. You can know who your true friends are. You can know who your true friends aren't. I'm going to give you five characteristics of a true friend. If you want to find a true friend and you want to be a true friend, here are five things you have to understand. True friends, friends are note, noted by and identified by their love for you and your love for them. The Bible says in Proverbs 17, 17, we read it a few moments ago, a friend loves when? At all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. So true friends are friends that you know love you and truly love you at all times, and you're able to commit and by the way, love is not an emotion. Love is a commitment that someone has to you in your life. The second characteristic of a friend, a true friend, is someone who knows how to show grace and forgiveness toward you and you toward them. See, friendships are built around grace. They're not built around judgment. They're built around forgiveness. They're built around the capacity that we have to release and let go of the hurts and pains and disappointments that we have with one another. True friendships are sustained by the fact that forgiveness is, is a part of the, the, the quality that exists between people. Proverbs 17 verse 9 says, Whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. First Peter 4 verse 8, Above all, love each other deeply because what does love do? Love 
covers over a multitude of sins. And so we see that a true friend is identified by love. They're identified by grace and forgiveness. They're identified by loyalty and reliability. You can count on a true friend to be there. Proverbs 20 verse 6 says, Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find. A faithful person is someone you know you can count on in any moment, in any situation. Fourthly, a true friend is identified by the fact that they help you. They don't hinder you. They're helpful in your life. There's a story in the Bible that uh, you've perhaps have read at times. You at, least know, at least you know something about this story. It's the book of Job, the story of Job. And Job went through some terrible losses in his life. He lost everything. He was a righteous man that lost everything. And he's having to deal with people around him that don't understand why he's going through what he's going through. And he's going through all this turmoil and, and suffering and difficulty. And we come to the final chapter of the book of Job, chapter 42. And things have not yet even turned around for Job by the time we get to the 42nd chapter until we get to verse number 10. So we're in the last chapter of the book of Job in the 10th verse. And that's when everything turns around for Job. How does it turn around? Here we see in verse 10, after Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. Let me tell you what I believe that means. Here's Job going through this terribly difficult season, has lost everything, but he gets to that last chapter, and instead of praying for himself, who does he pray for? He prays for his friends. Instead of moaning and groaning about what he's going through, what does he do? He lists before God his friends and prays for them. And God says, that's the kind of person I can bless. Because that's a real friend right there who's, even though going through his own trouble, is able to pray for someone else. And so God said, now that you've done that, I'm going to give you double for your trouble. I'm going to pour out blessing on you that's twice as much that you've ever had in your life before. He was doubly blessed because he learned the value of being a helpful friend. And here's the last word, a selfless friend as well. He was not consumed with himself. What have we learned today? We've learned that true friendships are a rare treasure. Do you have some friends in your life? When was the last time you told them that you loved them and appreciated them? When was the last time you told them you're a real treasure to me and I thank you so much for being in my life? Not just when things are going well, but thank you for being there in the tough times of my life. Who are the friends in your life that are moving you forward? Who are the friends in your life that are sustaining you and strengthening you? Who are the friends in your life that are helping you to stay firm in your faith as these last days enter in upon us? Are you the kind of true friend to others that they need by demonstrating that love and grace and helpfulness and the kind of attitude that Job demonstrated so God can pour out blessing upon you? There's a tremendous payoff in our lives when we are not only becoming good friends, but we choose the right friends. Would you bow your heads together with me as we pray today? Father, we thank you for your word. We're so grateful for the opportunity we've had to study. Thank you for these eight messages that we've been able to share together. We're so grateful that you've been instructing us in relationships, and we want to apply these in our lives. And I pray that today's message would find a real place of rootedness in our heart and would move us forward in all that you've called us to be and all that you've called us to do. We thank you for it in Jesus' name.
I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me, and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray, and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out, and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God, and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus, I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. All things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. And you begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time.